What's up, Dunwoody? Uh, welcome back to the podcast. It's all about Dunwoody, Georgia. Show's brought to you by Village Orthodontics, and I think those are all my plugs, but just wanted to get straight into it this time. Uh, my man Ford Fry here. So, Ford, I didn't know who you were when I reached out to you. Somebody said, oh, this is a good guy to have on the show, and I didn't realize how big of a deal you really were. Um, I don't get, like, super nervous on the podcast, but my wife has made me very nervous about this one, so... She loves all of your restaurants and everything that you do. And so, if nothing else, thank you for being here today to help me impress my wife. Um, (laughs) It is important to me. But for those of you who don't know Ford Fry, uh, let me throw out some of these restaurants. You you kind of the brand behind the JCT Kitchen, which is my wife's favorite. Uh, Number 246, The Optimist, King & Duke, St. Cecilia, El Felix, uh, Superica, that's coming to Dunwoody, Uh, Marcel, State of Grace, Beetle Cat, Lelouchia. I think that's all of them. There's what, 13 Georgia restaurants. Is that right, Ford? That sounds correct. Sounds, sounds like close. There. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I guess my first question is, why Dunwoody, man? You know, um, I, well, first of all, I mean, I grew up in, in Texas, and Super Rica is something that, you know, I, I, you know, I started off as a chef i don't know if you call myself a chef anymore but i because we have 23 restaurants now and and uh you know i started off as a chef and never set out to open a tex-mex restaurant but growing up in texas and living in atlanta now for what almost 25 years now i just miss that um i miss the food that i grew up eating like once a week uh if not more and so i thought when we opened the first one which was really in town well, it's meant to be in Crog Street. Well, I just said, well, let's just see how it goes. Let's see how people in Atlanta um, like the food that I grew up eating, you know. So it just did really well, and everyone got excited about it. And then all of a sudden, you know, you just get a lot of emails and, hey, come to this area. Come to Buckhead. Come to Dunwoody. Come to Sandy Springs. Um, like, okay, you know what I mean? So there was a girl... Well, okay, so her brother, I was good friends with her brother. We lived down the street, and, um, and you know, we, as a kid, this is early on. I'm way younger than you, but it was like, you know, we would just ride our bikes. We were always on the go. We were always outside. I was always over at their house cooking their food. You know, I would steal their mom's, like, hamburger meat, and we'd make, like, mini burgers and stuff like that and try to sell them to people. But this girl was the sister of a friend of mine, and so she lives here, Christy. And she said, "Hey, you need to come to uh, you need to come to Dunwoody." I said, "Okay, let's go to Dunwoody." So, and the name of the center just lost my mind. But um, that they're Ashford, redoing Ashford it. Ashford Lane. Ashford Lane, yeah, yeah. So you know, with Jenny's ice cream and being redone and all that, I said, "Okay, this will be great." You know, and we've had some good luck with taking over old uh, Outback Steakhouses as uh, just a footprint for us to convert it into uh, Super Rica. Now, this one was pretty much a gut job. We had to kind of take everything out. Yeah. So, um, that didn't work like our first one on Roswell Road. So, and Dunwoody, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like you just said. You didn't know, which is really cool to me, because I, and I think I like this, that you didn't know who I was. So that kind of tells me, that Dunwoody is proud of Dunwoody, and Dunwoody sticks in Dunwoody and likes the restaurants in Dunwoody. So it's like, well, that's great. Let's 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 come there because we have that captive audience of Dunwoody who 
who is proud of Dunwoody, and um, so it kind of we've just, been starved, absolutely starved for what everybody calls the chef-driven restaurants. That's uh, oh this restaurant oh review group. That's that's the term. It's a little overused. It's almost a joke at this point, but you are the chef that we've all been looking for. So it's really exciting to everybody. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's the first restaurant in a long time. That's been, everybody's really, really looking forward to that, uh, that area, wow. that Ashford lane area, just a little background on that area. It was, you know, they, when they made that, the entertainment district, they opened up some, uh, some open container areas. And so that, that's going to be a really cool place to be. If you're going to be in Dunwoody, that's the place to be. Well, that's, I mean, that's good to hear because, I mean, I go back there and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, we're in the very far back. Nobody can see us. So I'm kind of nervous yeah. about it. Are you, you, you're saying that people know that back people area? People know you. People know you, yep. They okay, do. okay. Um, All right. they, I don't know if they know the area, but everybody knows where Ashford Lane is now. Um, okay, okay. You know, it, and if, and I'm going to, I'm going to try to make that even more possible. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds good. But uh, so so yeah. So you, how did you get into all this? How, how did you know? Let's kind of go back. And you said you grew up in Texas. Yeah. So I went. Okay. So um, this is pretty typical of chefs. Okay. So um, <clears throat> I went to a school called St. John's in Houston, which is basically like the Westminster of Atlanta. If that makes sense. So super yeah. hard. Very classical. Um, I guess I got in because of my IQ was high, but uh, long story short, I just wasn't, I was, I was more of a dreamer, you know, I was always thinking of other things and dreaming about things when class is going on. So I was never a great student. So I go off to um, college and I went to, um, you know, growing up in Texas, you know, everyone wants to go to University of Texas or Texas A&M, but I obviously didn't have the grades to do that, so I uh, went to University of Arkansas because that's where people go. They can't get in any uh, Texas schools. They go to University of Arkansas or Oklahoma. Yeah, IQ so doesn't I to... get you into a good school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I go to Arkansas, you know, join a fraternity, don't really go to class, uh, you know, kick in the kitchen door at night because I lived in the fraternity house, and we'd cook at night or we'd hunt on the weekends, and we were cooking, so... Uh, you know, eventually my dad just said, hey, you know, I've, I'm seeing these articles about culinary school. Um, you love to cook. Why don't, why don't you do that? So I saw, I got an article, I got a, the, checked out a few culinary schools and the one in New, uh, New England Culinary Institute I went to was in Vermont and I saw the brochure and, you know, the kind of, the book of on the school showed a guy snow skiing. So I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I can go to that school because I like to ski. So, uh, I went. <laughs> I went to culinary school and it just clicked, you know, it was like, okay, I am, you know, I looked down upon this when I was a kid, I'd call it like a trade, you know, when you call color, color, the culinary school is really a, it's a trade school when you think about it. And I used to look, used to be kind of snobby, you know, and think about that, but it's the truth. It's like, I'm learning that, you know, a trade or an art or whatever. And it's just, so I figured out in life yeah. that I wasn't, I wasn't meant for academics, you know, I was meant for learning or working with your hands. So from then on, that was it. I just always, you know, and being a dreamer, I, I love, you know, what I love about restaurants is the whole, the whole visionary aspect of a restaurant. Like, what is the, what is this? How do you transport someone into a new place or how do you provide them 
with an experience and just kind of get out of the way, you know, and that's kind of what we do. We provide people an experience around the table and uh, and just serve them and then um, kind of get out of the way, and that's that's kind of what I enjoy doing. Yeah, you're yeah. entertaining. Well, how does the yeah. how does the ownership work in these restaurants? Is it? I mean, I guess you've got financial backers, and there's probably people yeah. beating down the door to, you know, to get your name on their restaurant. How do how do you pick and choose? You know what to do. You know, it is uh, me, uh, and uh, it's just a a couple, a few of us, like our COO, our CFO, and then my sister's husband who are the partners in all the restaurants. So I'm kind of the one who decides what we do. Um, and then, you know, and that starts for where it all started early on was I had an idea of a restaurant that I wanted to find a location for a specific restaurant with a specific square footage and all this. And, and it took about two years and I, that just wasn't working. It wasn't where I couldn't find something exactly to fit that so the thought came to mind is like all right let's find a good location and let's put a restaurant there that I'm passionate about and that that neighborhood actually really needs versus what I you know what I'm what I cook basically I mean so it it has to be a match of what the neighborhood needs plus what we're passionate about doing and from then on it was just 23 restaurants later was all about all right let's once we see a location we we figure out what really should go there um because some things just don't don't make sense you know so and that's really worked for us yeah what's um you know you do seafood you do mexican there's you know jct and soul food like how you just do a little do a little bit of everything huh yeah i mean we, there was a period for early on we opened, you know, a bunch of restaurants. I would call them chef-driven restaurants where I was more, at that time, you know, and still now, I'm very passionate about uh, finding, you know, chef friends of mine in town who are ready to be in their own restaurant and uh, putting them in there as an executive chef. And, you know, I'll set the, I guess, the parameters or the vision, but then typically I'll find you know, the chef who actually fits that style and then let them go. And it's, you know, so empowerment is really huge. Just empowering them to uh, be creative, empowering them to uh, run their own business. So as a, as a, as a, I'd say as a restaurant, I hate the word restaurant group because I never wanted to be known as a restaurant <laughs> group, but we do have a corporate office and our corporate office is not set out. Uh, our CFO, our COO, Toby, says, hey, you know, when he, when I when I spoke to him, what I wanted to grow, he said, it sounds like you want a corporate office that educates versus dictates. And I said, exactly. You know, I, I want to teach people how to run uh, restaurants so that when they have the opportunity to go off and start their own restaurant, they're re- they're ready to go. So, and that's happened numerous times with us, and that's just the most flattering thing ever is for someone to leave and go go get into their own thing. So that's right. really what we do. I love it that you see it that way because, you know, you know, you're, you're teaching them how to do this and then they, they leave and go out on their own. And so I love that. I saw you one yeah. time you were saying you learn a lot from the people that you're teaching. Um, yeah. I, I thought that was really cool. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 
So, um, you know, what's, what's your approach to like menu creation? I mean, it, it you kind of just pick whatever, wherever you're going, you pick an area and you kind of choose what, what to go, what goes there. Like what's your, what's your favorite one that, to do? Um, you know, it's all about, it's, it's usually about like me and our chefs, we travel around and it's, it's kind of what, what we feel like what Atlanta may be missing. Okay. So let's talk, say Marcel, you know, Atlanta is obviously not starved for American steakhouses. You know, there's plenty of steakhouses. Right. So I'm thinking, you know, and I have friends who own these steakhouses. So, you know, I'm, I don't want to, I, I want to do something a little bit different. So I thought, you know, it would be fun is, is, is to make up, there's always humor. There's always a lot of humor in here. So there's a story. We, we come up with a story. All right. What is the, what is the narrative behind this restaurant? So Marcel was about this. The story was about this old French boxer who, you know, in real life, Marcel actually died in a plane crash. But the story is this old French boxer, you know, retired. And because every boxer has to open up some sort of steakhouse or uh, Italian restaurant or something yeah. and, put, yeah. <laughs> and put pictures of themselves all over the restaurant. So that's kind of what it was. So it was a Frenchy steakhouse with a uh, very ornate, uh, you know, it's basically – you know, 1970s New Jersey trying to be, you know, the roaring 40s, if that makes sense. So there's a lot of there's a lot of humor, like in the bathrooms. There's all the kinds of like Old Spice cologne and Aquanet for the for the ladies. You know, there's all these condiments. So there's a lot of humor in there, and that's so it's just fun. You know, we just try to have fun. But when it comes to the food, then it's like, all right, let's. Marcel was about like there was so much innovation going on in the chef world and chefs, when they go out to eat, they don't, they, you know, they want to go eat something that they want to eat versus something that, that may be kind of just uh, interesting versus really delicious. So we said, okay, Marcel's going to be no innovation. We're going to go back to classics from the seventies or so, whether it's chicken, you know, veal Parmesan or whatever, you know, these things, but just do it really, really well. So, you know, it's all about this. It, it really has to stem from the story. Uh, Optimist has a story, and they all have a they all have a story. So now that I think about it, so I, I think it's kind of interesting. That. Yeah, I I know they're I, all your babies, but when you have like a big name in town, somebody that you're really trying to impress, like where do you take them? You know, I, I mean, most people go to the Optimist first. Uh, lately, I've been going. I've been taking people to uh, St. Cecilia. That's and, my, why my wife loves that one. Buckhead, yeah. Um, Bob, who is going to be the chef of um, Little Sparrow, which has taken over JCT. JCT is... Oh, okay. Um, so we're, we've gutted that whole space. And Bob is just incredible. He's, a, he's another young talent who is way better than me. And I just... So he's kind of hanging out at... at, at um, at St. Cecilia right now, so I've been going there. Um, actually, going there tonight. So nice. Do you have a hard time? I, so I actually own a restaurant in Lawrenceville, a little pizza place in Lawrenceville. Yeah. Um, do you have a hard time like hanging out at your restaurant and not getting back there and helping out and stuff? <laughs> I don't have a hard time getting back there to help out, but um, I I have a hard time 
paying attention at the table I'm with. If I'm with my wife or with friends, you know, I'm definitely you're watching everybody. Yeah, I'm watching everybody, listening to other tables and uh, seeing what they're saying and watching the kitchen, timing how long it takes us to get the food or whatever. You yeah, know. it's pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, I catch myself going back to the kitchen like, hey, this one person's kind of looking like they're a little yeah, you know, they're tired of waiting. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Do you, you have any, if there's any like aspiring chefs out there, like what you, do you have any advice for somebody that's like just getting into the industry? Uh, I'd say, I mean, I just work your tail off. I mean, my dad, when he came to me, he's the articles about culinary school that he was reading was in the Wall Street Journal, and he and it said, um, fast track careers which couldn't be farthest from the truth. Yeah, you know, that's it not right. <laughs> it is not a fast-track career, you know. Um, so, but it's about anything. Like my son, like my youngest son played played college tennis at Auburn, and the coaches that I always talk about, it's time. It's time on the court, you know, building, you know, your, your talent, your skills and all that. So for young chefs, it's, you know, it's really time in the kitchen. It's time learning and listening and watching everywhere. So for me, it's all about that. And then, but then always have your eye on the goal. And, and I would never open your own place. I mean, I've never, whatever it takes to get your own place open. I mean, I am just a huge fan of, uh, of doing that. There's just no mud. The reward is just so great. Not, not necessarily financially, but I would say it's more, um, just internally, just to, to create something, because chefs are creative, you know, so you want to create something, and the reward is when people enjoy what you create, and they give you that validation, so just, there's nothing, you know, you start off as like, all right, I'm going to put a special on the menu, and I'm going to see how people like it or not, and then you just elevate, elevate, elevate to being the executive chef, writing a menu, to opening your own restaurant, and creating this whole experience, but so the main advice is to learn and and realize, understand that you are providing an experience, and make sure that it is an experience because people don't, you know, subconsciously they just come back to wherever they had the best experience. So experience is right. not only the food, but it's the music, it's the you know ambiance, it's everything, you know. Cause yeah, I love the story. Tough. The, the idea yeah. of having a story behind the restaurant, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, that's um, fun. There's actually, so right around the corner from you, there's going to be a, a new food hall opening up, and it's kind of going to be some upstart chefs that, you know, haven't had their own thing before. Um, I don't great. know if you've heard about this, but, you know, there's a, a friend of mine that's opening a Cuban restaurant, and it's going to be yeah, it's going to be cool. It's a great first, you know, way to start out and get your, uh, you know, see if there's a, a want for what you've got. So maybe yeah. they'll be able to stop by and meet you sometime. Yeah. Uh, there's also it, this Ashford Lane. I saw that they're opening a bocce ball league that starts March 23rd. So nice. if you're ever in in the area and you see a bocce ball league playing over there, <laughs> okay, okay, come over and get your throw in. Uh, there's yeah. all kinds of cool restaurants opening up though, and and there's a lot of cool stuff around the area. Um, there's spas. There's Crunch Fitness. There's a, you know there's a, a contender. It's called Contender Esports. And so people will be able to drop their kids off at this video game place and then come over and have a margarita with you. Um, I, I think it's going to be a cool area. I, I think you're really going to like it here in Dunwoody. Okay, good. I hope good. you like it here in Dunwoody. Well, I'm excited. I mean, Super Eco, uh, 
we spent way too much. I mean, it looks nice. It is it's very nice in there. Um, we've got a great crew, so I'm excited about it. Well, awesome. And what is it? February 20th? That's what I've got on here. A week from yesterday. We opened Monday, 20th. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, thanks for taking time for me. And um, I'll uh, you know make sure I get this out and try to blast out as many people as possible and tell everybody about Suprika opening up. I appreciate it. Thank you.